Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Boston University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing nail trims. Why does your dog hate them and what can you do to make them love them? Maybe. All that and more coming up next. You had a hard time on that intro there? Oh, God. Janie. Thanks. Thank you yeah. for that. You won't hear that but because we, we did a second run on it, but somebody wasn't wearing her headphones, <laughs> and it, it really got in her head. So. <laughs> John started jamming out to the intro song, and I was like, why can't I hear anything? Yeah. I didn't have my headphones on. It was, And then she said, I'm Janie. Yeah, I got nervous because I was like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. You can't hear anything. And I messed it up. And then you messed it up. That's okay. We made it. We're here. Here we are. Um, if this topic sounds familiar, it's probably because you watched our video this week. The Possum University YouTube and Instagram TV video this week was about nail trims. And it was basically about why do most dogs hate them? It's a very common thing. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Two of our three hate nail trims. One of them really, really hates them. Pudgelina can't stand them. Tasha's very good for them. You She'll know just what's sit crazy there. though? We cut... Pudge's nails so often as a baby. Yeah, and I don't think she's ever gotten her quick cut. Mm -mm. And if you don't know what no. quick is, we'll get to that. You know, I think it. I think she got weird about it when we were. I used to work for a groomer, and so she got haircuts, nice haircuts, quite frequently. Really nice haircuts. And I think after a while, I mean, she was obviously nervous being up on the table to begin with. So I'm wondering if the the nail cutting. Switching to being on the table freaked her out. Maybe like a negative connotation. Right. With There's it. no escape. Exactly. Like yeah. she's she's just standing there frozen and she can't leave. Do I hear a baby? You he do. always wakes up when we're doing a podcast. I know. It's nine thirty at night. It's like he knows. He knows. He wants to have a part in it. He wants to meet this Janie girl. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> leave me alone. So uh, the the key point of the video that we put out was that. Properly trimmed nails are super important to the necessary care that you provide for your dog. And that's because overgrown nails can lead to a ton of issues and, and it becomes animal cruelty. It's It was a decent amount of my caseload. Maybe like 10% of the cases involved overgrown nails that were then causing pain to the dog. Do you remember the pug that you brought in and we had her in the community room and she was literally walking around yeah. on her, it was like her nails were twisted in mm -hmm. so badly into her pads that she couldn't even walk yeah so the nails will grow so long that there's no room for them on the ground so the entire digit on the paw twists to accommodate the nail so the nails just go sideways around the paw but then sometimes the nail itself can come up into the actual bottom of your dog's paw pad right so either your dog is going to have twisting which is painful, or bending back, which is also painful. Bending back's early before twist, twisting. Either way, they both are very uncomfortable. And um, if it doesn't twist, what's going to happen is it's going to curl, and it's literally going to cut into their pad and grow through their pad. And there's dogs that have had it grow through their paw mm -hmm. all the way. So it's a big circle of nail. Um, so it's a huge issue, and so many people are guilty of it. So many people are guilty we, of it. We put it off. It's just like anything else with our dogs. If our dogs are being reactive on walks, if they don't like other dogs, like we do everything we possibly can to avoid these negative situations and we do it with the nails and that's probably the worst part. I mean, you want to socialize 
your dog with everything that we do. And I think, I think if we make this easier for people, people will do it more often. Like even John and I were, we're bad about it sometimes. And yeah, we, we know once saying, we start hearing nails tapping on the floor, it's time for somebody to get their nails cut. Yeah. It's uh, hard. Unfortunately, Tasha's kind of came to us long. So we're working on getting those back. Yeah. So we're trying to do it weekly when we remember. When we remember. Yeah. She reminds us when she tip taps. Yeah. She's so funny. Yeah. But most, most owners don't intend to be neglectful. It's just that so many dogs are just terrified to have their nails cut that the owners put it off and wait till a vet visit. And then they reschedule the vet visit because, you know, someone's coming out of town or this is going on mm-hmm. or the kid does, doesn't feel good. And, and it just gets pushed off like all things. And the problem with nails Sorry, a little little post-nasal drippy. The problem with nails is that the longer they grow, there's a vessel and nerve that's inside of the nail. The nail is really a shell around this vessel and nerve. It's called the quick. And the longer the nail itself grows, the longer the quick grows. And the quick almost limits how far you can cut without causing injury. So if you cut too short and you cut the quick, your dog's nail is going to bleed and it's going to cause them a lot of pain. And it doesn't stop bleeding very easily. No, it's like when you cut yourself shaving. Yeah. Yep. It just doesn't stop. It's the worst. And it's very painful for them. So that's that's one of the reasons why Tasha's nails are still not where we would like them because her quicks are very, very long. So what you need to do when the quicks are overgrown as well is you cut back a little bit, as much, really as much as you can before you hit the quick, and you'll hit like this powdery white layer. And that's the layer right before the quick. That's where mm-hmm. you want to be. Yep. As they use their their paws and their nails and the nails make contact with the ground throughout daily activities, it almost like that that uh, that discomfort that's caused by it, the friction, it's like the quick wants to seek more protection and comfort. So the quick will actually recede further up the nail. And then once it, once it recedes enough, cut again to the same spot over and over and over again. And it takes some time, but you can bring that quick back without causing any injury and you might be wondering why can't i just clip it halfway where it needs to be do that because then your dog will never let you cut their nails ever again ever you'll ruin it for them if it isn't already like pudge gets so worked up she we had to switch it she's much better than she was probably a year ago i think because again pudge is a grooming dog so like i have to shave her every two months um, and she's good for that. She really is. I have to give it to her. She definitely doesn't like it. She used to when she was little and then I don't know what changed. I think she just came into maturity and she was just, she got weird. She didn't want anybody touching her anymore. Yeah. Um, that's even just having her paws touched. Yeah. She, no, I could literally walk up to her right now and just hold her paw and she gives me the eyes. Like she's like, don't touch me. She'll yank it out of your hand. Wait, what's the TikTok? You did not just touch me. <laughs> don't cross this line. <laughs> I haven't been on TikTok <laughs> lately. You, you go off TikTok for one week and you miss everything. No, you do. That's a funny trend right now. Yeah, you guys um, see the sleepwalking girl? Stop. She's hilarious. Don't get me off topic. Okay, Sorry, we're gonna it's talk just about very funny. Later. The sleepwalking dog and she had uh, the sweet, the sleepwalking. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. The, the sleepwalking woman who has two dogs and she goes down and she like talks to herself. She and, walks like JJ. JJ's walking now, <laughs> but the way he walks, he's like so uneasy on his feet. He stomps him down. And, and that's way, how that's, she does it. And she's like laughing to herself. It's it, the funniest it's thing. good stuff. Um, anyway. Anyway, back to Pudge. Um, if I grab her paw, she just gives me that face. Yeah. Like, don't, don't touch me. Don't and she'll rip it away. She won't let me hold it. If she hears the sound of the clippers, no, she sees them. They or come she out sees of the them. Door. She runs. 
Exactly. And that leads me into my first tip of how to help. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to make the clipper more common. So like. This is, this would be like um, Oakley and his harness. Like he needs oh, to yeah. see the harness more. Yeah, desensitization. It just because they see it doesn't mean anything's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? So I should be taking these clippers out once a day, leaving them on the counter so Pudge can just get used to them being there and nothing bad happening to her. Um, and same thing with Oakley. He gets crazy when he sees his harness. Like if we even move the harness, he comes running down the hallway, wagging his tail, stress shaking because he thinks he's going somewhere. Right. So it's very hard for us to get him all leashed up because he gets nutty. Um, so we're working on leaving the harness that's actually on the floor right now. Um, and we're working on just getting him used to hearing it moving and nothing happening. Right. It's been hard with code because he really wants to get out and do stuff and that's not the situation. So, mm-hmm. um, so my suggestion is leave your clippers out, take them out of the cabinet. If you leave them in your kitchen, you know, kind of like use them in midair, making it that, that noise that it makes like, like tongs. Um, and then put them back. Was that, um, Chrissy? Yeah. She said Chrissy from Australia. I I love that on Australia. They do the same thing that we do. You got to give the tongs a little test drive before you use them. You go a little click, click (laughs) before you get to work on the grill. That's funny that it's the same exact thing all the way in Australia. Absolutely. Um, yeah, she had said that as well. I saw that. So that's one thing that we can be doing to kind of help them out. Yeah. I like that. I just totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's okay. You got anything else to say? <laughs> so, um, going back to Pudge, hers are very long. Thankfully, they are white, so I can kind of like go through them very quickly. When you your dog has black nails like Oakley, it's kind of like a free-for-all, like luck of the draw. That's what I wanted to say. That's why I totally got distracted because I was thinking about uh, the test driving tongs and grilling. <laughs> okay. I'm hungry right now. Yeah, I wanted to talk about black nails because that's a huge problem. So Tasha's got translucent nails. And so you're able to see, if your dog has translucent nails, you can see that pink. Mm-hmm. That pink is the quick. It's That's living tissue inside of their nail. And what black dogs, or it's usually black dogs or darker colored dogs will have black nails, like just jet black, totally, um, totally uh, opaque. You can't yes. see through it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's what's tough. That's where you just kind of need to, if they're super long, then you need to take that little by little approach. Like you just tip them. Just tip them and then wait maybe two days and tip them again and uh-huh. wait two days and tip them again. Just And you can see, like when you cut it, you can see what you're working with. A lot of times I'll cut Oakley's and I'm like, nah, I can do a little bit more. Right. Look for that powdery white layer. That's the layer right before the quick. Look for that and you're golden. Stop there and then allow. Wait, wait a little bit. Allow nature to take its course. But yeah, black nails are tough. They are. That's the most quicks that I've seen cut in the shelter were dogs with black nails. Well, that's like Zoe. We were at my in-laws last night and their Boston Terrier, Zoe, she's got black nails. Some of them. Some of them are are white. It's funny because she's Boston Terrier, so she's white and black. Um, But I was able to get the white ones really, really quick 
snip, snip, snip. And then the black ones, I was like, damn, I was trying to look at the other nails and I was like, all right, let me do this even kind of like a hairdresser when they, when they do both sides of your, your, you don't know, you're a boy and you're looking at me like, no, yeah. Well, they go back and forth okay. and back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I was have like, hair. I know, but you don't have long hair where they bring it all the way out and they have to like measure the two with both of their hands. Um, it was kind of like that. I was trying to see where, um, I was lining up with the quicks on the other, other nails. Mm, that's actually a great idea. She did good. Compared to, to if it's a dog that, because most dogs do have different colored nails and it, just compare it with the other ones because chances are, if it's on the same paw, chances are the quick's going to be roughly the same location. Yes, and I think it's important to mention, I think that's that's a good lead-in, that your dog's back nails will most likely not be as long as their front paw nails. Mm. Um, if your and dog the, likes yeah. to walk, the reason why is actually a good preventative of having to do nail cuts. Yes. Um, so if you are, if you take a look at your dog's nails, I would guarantee that the back nails are probably way shorter than the fronts. And this is just because the way that they walk, and this is not every dog, some dogs, they completely touch the ground with all of their nails, but a lot of dogs don't grip the ground as much with their front paws. They grip the ground with their back ones. So it causes the road, the concrete, whatever it is, asphalt that you're walking them on um, to kind of grind them down as they're walking. Um, but your the front nails don't make contact in that same way. It's just the way that their front paws are, are made. Um, so Yeah, most of the power is coming from the back. So Exactly. So it doesn't erode. Um, so those are your probably your worst offenders is the front, which Pudge hates. Pudge doesn't mind me doing her back legs. She, if I go for the front, she wants to kill me. Like she goes for the jugular. Mm. It's she bad. Does. She's it's vicious. Bad. No, she's Absolutely not vicious. vicious. She's scared. She's just a baby. Although she's five. <laughs> but with, with Pudge, she's gotten a lot better. John used to cut the nails and I would restrain because I thought that she'd be better for me. No. So we recently switched. Now John will restrain her and I will do it. Um, John and I are obviously quite skilled in restraining because we worked at the shelter. Yeah. This is not something. It's a bit of an art form. It is. It's not something that I think that anybody off, off the street should try for the first time with a dog that really doesn't like it. You're going to get bit. Maybe. Possibly. Possible. Possible. Or you're just going to stress the dog out because there are different yeah. levels of restraint. Some dogs need less restraint. And this Sorry, is I'm not... trying to get back into our Twitter account. Oh, did, did you get the, the password? I figured it out, yeah. All right. So, like John's saying, there's different types of restraining. Do you want to explain how you do it, the correct way to do it? Uh, for Bigger dogs you're talking about? Yeah. Like the headlock? Yeah. Um, but it but sounds worse than it is. It's not it really It sounds worse than it is. But it's really hard to... I wanted to make a video on this. But it's hard to explain on a podcast. But you're basically on the side of the dog level. And this is a dog that is either comfortable right now or is muzzled. And you're going to bring your arm up and under their neck and... You're going to bring your hand back. This isn't going to make any sense on this medium. You're going to bring your hand back and put it on your own neck and push against your neck. And it creates this like solid circle that's not putting pressure on any of the structures in their neck. But it is very rigid and difficult for them to get out of. And then your other arm can come up under their belly, 
just to kind of take the power away from their back legs. Yeah, when you say headlock, it sounds really bad, like you're choking the dog out, but you're not at all. No, you're because you're doing that. That um, it's almost like traction against your own neck. You're actually opening up your arm, but it it's being limited by where your kind of like is. a martingale. Mm, I think that might just confuse people more. Yeah, well, I'll do it. I'll do a video eventually. Just uh, subscribe on YouTube. We'll get it that up there eventually yeah. but yeah that keeps you safe though it keeps your face away from their face yeah and it keeps whoever's working on the dog and then the key to restraint especially when you're getting into this heavier restraint is the like when you're finished when they're finished with the nails don't immediately just let the dog go because some dogs like to redirect redirect they're still worked up give them a second let let get off their belly and just pet their side offer them a treat Good boy, good girl, and then slowly bring your arm off of them and back away. That's the key is to always keep it positive. And even even though restraint is inherently not a positive thing, you can still use positive reinforcement tactics to keep you safe, to keep the dog safe, and to keep issues from occurring as far as not wanting to be restrained in the future. Yeah, it's... You know, when you when you talk about restraint, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't sound the most positive reinforcement type thing, but you can do things yeah. while it's happening, like give them peanut butter. There can be somebody else in the room talking to them. It really depends on the dog. Um, another thing that is getting pretty big right now, and I'm hoping that eventually every vet will have this. It's called the doggy lift. I, I think love it's it. Called. Yeah, doggy um, lift. Let me get their Instagram. Handle. I think it's at doggy lift. D o g g i e. Yes. No. D o g g. Yes, i.e., you're right. I'm dyslexic. Sorry. I had to spell it out in my own head. Um, it's basically like this this suit that they put them in and they kind of like hoist them up into the door frame. And it's great because they're not being restrained by anybody. Nobody's physically getting involved with them. They're kind of just dangling midair. But the owner can be there. Um, the vet techs, everybody can be there giving them peanut butter. But it's a safe way for the vet to be behind the dog and as the paws are dangling, they can snip, 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 and the dog is not being restrained. With, no one's touching the dog yeah. other than the vet. It's just funny. It's like you've seen a cat get scruffed before, and they just, like, turn off. Yeah, it's weird. They just, like, shut down. Because I kind of feel like cats are robots. Most cats, at least. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing when they're hoisted up in this harness. They're just dangling. They, they just, like, turn off. They know that there's nothing they can do about it, and they just sit there. That's in the video too. We have our. It's a it's a better force uh, a force free type of restraint restraint. Yeah, because it's not really keeps restraint. everybody safe. That's a cool one. It just you need to have the space for it, and that's why if your dog is bad enough or you do need a significant amount of restraint, maybe just leave it to your vet on their annual checkups and just try and get a lot of walking and try and grind those nails down. I think what another technique that can be done is that. You get one one nail a day, like while they're sleeping. To desensitize. Yeah, sometimes when they're just relaxed and they're not, you know, playing around and being crazy, like they're just relaxing and hanging out, have someone give them peanut butter. And oh, not over. even desensitize. You're just being sneaky. No, not being sneaky. They, they're yeah, aware of it, That's but I want, right. I want them to be more tired. I don't want them to be like they just. Well, you're not giving them a chance to get amped up because the yeah. first nail is always the easiest. Exactly. It so you do the first nail there. and then you put the clipper away. Yeah. And you do one nail a day and they're like, oh, this is normal. And nothing scary comes after the first nail. It's just, it is what it is. So let's say you have a puppy and you don't want this to be your life. 
it's hard. You know what I mean? It's never a foolproof thing. No. Because you like see with, with Pudge, yeah. we worked with her so much and she never used to hate it as a puppy. She was very good. She was even really good for grooming. She was excellent. Yeah, I'm trying to think what changed. You know, we moved. She got older. She came into maturity very young. I think at six months, Pudge was like, nope, I'm adult. I'm she an was, adult now. She had her working papers. Yeah, it was she weird. was like, no, I'm not a puppy anymore. Don't treat me like a baby. Um, so I think a lot of things changed for her mentally. I think she just got, she kind of got grumpy as she got older. But, you know, not everybody has a Pudgelina. Um, but I think just just working with them, keeping those clippers out. Everything that I was talking about prior about mm-hmm. it doing it so it's not um, not an issue moving forward. We want to do the same thing with our puppies. We want to really help them from day one know that this is normal. Now, I'm not saying that the first week you get your puppy, you should cut their nails. Do not do that. Let them desensitize. Same thing for an adopted decompress. dog. What did I say? Desensitize. Oh, yeah. Let them decompress. Let them decompress. Um, same thing if you adopt a dog and they're two years old and they have really long nails, you wait three weeks. You do not ch- touch those nails. Yeah, they don't trust you. They don't no. want, you, and you, that's something that's very vulnerable to them. And if they've had a bad experience, they know that it's probably going to hurt, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Then you do hurt them, and then maybe get bit, and then bad things happen. Exactly. So try not to do that with a puppy. You can do a licky mat. That's always great. Um, to make it super positive their puppies are very easily distracted so use that to your advantage this is the time to not restrain and and make it super crazy mm. you don't want to go down a wrong path the only reason why we're restraining the bigger dogs and the older dogs is because they've had bad paths yeah. and it. because they're big enough to cause damage exactly like a bite when you're cutting nails you're so close that you could get really hurt. Yeah, your face is down there. And we Not don't good. want to put the dog in that situation. So we're doing everything that we can to keep everybody safe. Um, but with puppies, you have a lot more leeway here to start from scratch. Yes. And you should be doing this already. But this age is a great time to frequently touch their paws. Touch between the pads. Mm-hmm. You know, touch their nails. Let them experience what it's like to, to really be handled that's important dogs that don't like their nails or dogs that don't like their paws touch are not going to be good for a nail trim yeah try try and do it just a little bit every so often nothing crazy like you're not going like from this paw to that paw yeah. to this paw just teach just them one pa- teach them paw, there. yeah and then add that extra couple seconds at the end of the paw to just kind of rub around yeah let them get used to having their paws touched yep but if you make it this whole big thing they're gonna be like why are you touching me you're mm. making me uncomfortable why are you touching me so try and keep it calm and, and just casual, very casual. And then um, usually what we like to do is if you're going to do the licky mat or put peanut butter on the wall or whatever, obviously be behind the dog. So you're kind of yes, pulling yeah. their, their paws yeah. backwards towards you. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, keep yourself safe. Safety is number one. Exactly. Speaking of safety, uh, another tip would be first aid. Styptic powder. Go for it. Styptic powder, it's basically like a quick clot. And it'll it'll quickly clot the any bleeding if you accidentally cut a quick. And it also usually has some type of like benzocaine in it that's going to, um, you know, get rid of the pain. Pain reliever. Yeah. So if you are the type of person who's going to want to do nail trims at home, make sure you have a bottle of this. It's like $7. It's so cheap. I think there's, if you do Amazon, you know how they say like commonly bought together. Yeah, usually like- <laughs> you could probably find a combo pack <laughs> They'll on give Amazon. you a combo. Yeah. So 
That's it's the o- best thing. I've used it multiple times, but like on even other things like Oakley's ear. Oakley's ear. He got he got bit. He got bit. Yeah, yeah he got bit. Um, and that quick that almost immediately stopped the bleeding and it stopped the pain. Yeah. So he was he was feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to have on hand. We usually keep one in the car. One one in our. Um, yeah, there's one in the truck. Our dog truck. Yep. And then one in the house. Yeah, pick that up. I, it might even be like $5. It's cheap. But it is, one, if you ever saw how much a quick can bleed, oh, it's so bad. It you'll understand like why you want a quick clot. No, it's it is, really bad. It's a high-flowing vessel. Let's put it that way. And they, you know, a dog would And they're putting pressure off. and they're running all over your house because they don't yeah. understand. It's not good. So get styptic powder and like i said you can use it for other things other injuries if you need to stop uh, any small lacerations from bleeding um, like it usually an ear nick if you have two dogs that tend to get into it sometimes an ear can get involved or a nose or something Even by accident sometimes it just happens mm-hmm. or your dog i remember when i was in college this was way before i was even remotely a trainer um my friend jenny may uh, adopted a pit bull from the local shelter. Her name was Tinsley. Oh, she was so freaking cute. She was a crazy girl. She needed a lot of a lot of exercise. She was running around the apartment side of the house and she was like jumping from couch to couch and she wound up nicking her nail on the coffee table. She ripped Ooh. her whole nail right off. She was bleeding everywhere. She didn't know what to do. That would have been the perfect time to have that yes. quick stop because they tried to bandage her and she was literally bleeding through paper towels. Have you ever seen floppy dew claws? Yeah. I've seen them get ripped off, getting stuck on, on a, a cage door at when the shelter. When did you see that? At the shelter. Was I there? No, I don't think so. It was <gasps> before it them. traumatic for me. But some dogs are born with their dew claws, like they're floppy. They're not actually attached to the meta meta metacarpal metatarsal i don't know there's two of them there i the <laughs> the bone basically and so it's just it's cartilage that's it's just, just slapping around it's just floating the nail literally fl- it just slaps around so that's why you'll sometimes you'll see when dogs are spayed or neutered sometimes they'll take those off as well because they're a huge hazard you should ask for it if your dog has floppy dew claws say while you're while the dog is under can you take those off because they are very dangerous yeah and uh, I've seen a dog rip it right off, and that was overnight. Gross. So, as you can um, imagine, quite a bit of blood. One of our clients, Reggie, he's got <laughs> double dew claws. Oh, yeah. What, there's a name for that. Those are... No. I'm thinking of uh, the cats, the polydactyl cats. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. Somebody <laughs> does here. Somebody knows. No, Reggie's got double dew claws. So his back dew claws on both paws have two. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And they're are they both floppy? Yes. Yep, usually are. Ugh. He's so cute. Oh, I want to bite terrible. him, but he would probably bite me back. Yeah, don't do that. That's not your dog to bite. No, I know, but he's just so cute. I think we did a pretty good job of covering the nail trims here. I hope so. Yeah. I hope everybody feels like this was... Uh, informative mm. yeah <laughs> uh what is new with you i'm exhausted anything you're exhausted i'm so tired what are you tired from oh we've been packing up our house for the last week um our realtor is coming tomorrow to take photos yeah we'll be on the market we're gonna be putting our house on the market this weekend and that basically meant 
and this is the this is the I'm my own worst enemy. This is the problem. I realize that all that really needs to be done is like the house needs to be picture ready. So that doesn't yeah. mean that everything needs to be out. Oh, but it does in your mind. It does in my mind. So I've been working myself to the bone and I have nobody to to blame but myself. Yeah. And because then on, on top of your, your car accident issues where you yeah. your neck's killing you after an hour. So Well, there was one day that I worked John wasn't feeling well, so I had to do most of the stuff myself. You guys ever take an antibiotic on an empty stomach? Stupid, right? Yeah, don't do it. Empty stomach and didn't drink any water. Uh, I had some water. You did It has nothing to do with it. You did not. It has nothing to do with it. No, he's literally saying, I don't know why this is happening. It's five (laughs) o'clock. I said, how much water did you drink today? He's like, I don't know, some of my tumbler. Five o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody knows I don't talk like that. So tell us about about packing up. Um, Basically... When I was packing, I wasn't, I don't stop. Like I can't, if I sit down, I'll, I'll not move. Like I can't get motivated again once I sit. So I was going, going, going all day. And then my in-laws came over and they were talking to us and I was eating something and I sat down and all my pain set in. And I was like, I, I was in so much pain that I was nauseous. I was like, I, I looked at John. He's like, you're not okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I can't. It'd be like that. It, it sucks. Yeah. So we currently have no update on the future of Possum University, but we are hopeful that we will have some sort of kennel structure to create, I don't know if it's New Jersey's first, but the first that we know of, positive reinforcement only board and train. And we're trying to figure out, again, how that's even possible, but we're going to find a way and it's going to be good. I have ideas. Yeah. I, I was thinking too, like one to only one dog at a time, frequent videos. I know you, you said like a camera so that whoever it is can always see their dog. Um, just things like that. Yeah. Like I want to, I mean, similarly to the doggy daycares around our area, a lot of them have the cameras on. So you can just pop in and see how your dog's doing during daycare. Yeah. It should be the exact same thing when your dog's at a boarding train. Yeah. You should know. And you're in the entire training videos that are, the entire training session that's happening should be videoed and sent to you. I agree. And because how can you train your dog if you weren't even there for it? You know what I mean? Well, there's a, like a, a debriefing training session that you do with the owner after the fact, but of course, but I want them to see how we did it from the start. You might be wondering why, if we're so opposed to board and trains, why would we make one? And it's for one reason. It's to create legitimate competition for the board and trains in our area and force them to up their game so that they need people are going to look for positive reinforcement board and trains and we're going to create that demand that's why um yeah i still hate it and i hate the idea of a kennel so close to my home because i like the idea of like work somewhere you know compartmentalized away from home but just funny because we're literally sitting in his office which is next to our bedroom it's different I don't it's know. not different it's, it's different. not different me and John are very different when it comes to this. Like I have been wanting to open up our own daycare kennel for a very long time, but he was always, like he just said, wanting to keep things separate, like even buy two different pieces of land and have a kennel one place in our house another. I like the convenience of walking outside. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, so yeah. We'll give an update on that when we have one. 
That's all we have for this week, and isn't it? Ho- hopefully, it'll be soon. Is that all we have? Yeah. All right. That's all we have for this week. We definitely wanted to, to definitely drill down the nail trims and really elaborate on that video. If you haven't seen the video yet, I've been told multiple times that it's very good content, so that makes me feel good. So check it out. It's on our Instagram, and it's also on our YouTube. So. I think you have to repost the one that you made of Pudge with the mailman syndrome. Maybe. That was completely know. overlooked. Well, because we weren't playing by Instagram's rules. They were uh, kind of shadow banning us, but I think we're in their blessings again. So we'll continue to do what we're doing. Yes. All right. That's all we have for this episode. Please like, subscribe, rate us five stars if you'd like to, and share with a friend whose dog has overgrown nails. This is your sign. Cut their nails. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us on Instagram at Possum University. We're on YouTube, Possum University. Um, you could like us on Facebook. That'd be cool. That would be nice. I think that's everything, right? Yep. And if you really enjoy this podcast, you could buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum. The link to that will be in the show notes, and we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, I want to make sure we're providing good content, and that's a good way to, to get the finger to the pulse of what's going on. So that's all we have for this episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. Until then. Class dismissed. <laughs>